Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. It's so good to be back, seeing, seeing a couple of new faces in the church. So it's really great just to see that the church is so full of faith. I mean, I feel like I, I came back and I'm just so revived again. The, the vibrancy in this place this morning was just so awesome. So for those who don't know, I was on maternity leave for three months. The Lord has blessed us with a beautiful daughter. Her name is Amelia Rose Diwana. Uh, if you'd like to meet her, she's in the mommy's room with her daddy in there. So yeah, we just want to thank the Lord for that. And it's just been so amazing. You know, like three months for a mother, they go by so fast. I was just like, oh my goodness, Lord. Just slow down the time a bit, you know? But I, most of the people were saying, oh, you've been away for such a long time. And I'm like, really? It feels so short. Yeah, so I just want to thank everyone for your support, for the encouraging words, for those who brought meals and those who brought gifts. We really, really appreciate it. And yeah, we thank God for that. And I also just want to thank the team that has been here just holding things together while I was on maternity leave, sorry, and yeah, especially Caroline, Pastor Caroline and Philip, <clears throat> just being, doing all the operational stuff. You know, sometimes we don't know how much it actually takes to come to a service like this and find it operating the way it does. There are people that are sitting and thinking and putting things together. So I really want to thank them so much for, for just holding that and saying we can do this for the next three months. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, and that's why things have just been going smoothly. So I want to thank them. I also want to thank Pastor Chris and the elders. <laughs> Pastor Chris, the man of many talents. <laughs> As you can see, he was here playing the guitar. Just also want to thank them so much just for the release and for staying strong and, and really keeping the church going and making sure that people are getting good word. Amen. Amen. So it's good to be back. Awesome. So this morning, we continue with the kingdom culture message, and today we're specifically going to look at the kingdom of peace, okay, the kingdom of peace. And um, we've been doing this series now for the past, I think for the past three weeks. This is the fourth installment uh, before the last one next week, which will be number five. So we've just been looking at kingdom culture, looking at who God is, looking at who we are in his kingdom. And last week we looked at a kingdom of violence, you know, what it means to be people that are part of this kingdom, that is a kingdom of violence, where we take hold of the things that God has made available for us. And today we're going to look at the kingdom of peace, which is a very, very important thing in the kingdom, as we will discover. And I just want to pray for us before we, we start. So, Father, we just thank you so much for your word this morning, Lord. We thank you that your word is living and active. We thank you, Lord, that you want to touch each and every single person in this congregation this morning. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for a fresh word which will just touch the areas that they are hoping and trusting that you will speak into, oh, Father God, calling us higher into the things of you and, and, and just deeper into your kingdom, oh, Father God. In Jesus' name, we thank you, and we praise you for that. And 
just as we were worshiping, and I was really just uh, listening and, and thinking, wow, these songs are amazing, and, and meditating on the peace of God, I really just sensed that God wanted to, to He wants to minister to us this morning. He really wants to minister to our hearts. He wants to minister confidence in Him this morning. And as we were worshiping, I really just saw, sir, um, you in the checked shirt. I, I literally, as we were worshiping, I kept looking and just your, your face just kept coming to me. And I, I saw the Lord kneeling at your feet and actually washing your feet and saying, peace be with you, peace be with you, peace be with you. And I really believe that God just wants to speak peace to you this morning. I don't know what it is that you're going through. I don't know if you're troubled in any way or if you're trusting him for something. But I believe God just wants you to know that his peace is with you. And he, he sees you. And he doesn't want you to fret about anything. But hold on to him. Amen. Awesome. So yeah, the kingdom of, of peace. Um, as we're living and going about our everyday lives, I'm sure everybody can agree with me about this one thing. And that is the fact that the world is in turmoil. Yeah? There is so much chaos going around us. Most newspaper headlines are always about what's happening here. What's, and it's always chaos. War in Iran, um, slavery here, accident there, um, disease outbreak. Yeah? Contagious disease going all over the place. So there's a lot of stuff that we're faced with that can really bring so much fear and make us become very stressful and, 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 and almost like um, lose hope in living. Yeah? So we walk around being careful. We drive around being careful just in case, oh, Lord, I don't want to be in an accident. Or, oh, Lord, I saw this disease coming up. If you're like me, who's always <laughs> reading up on diseases and finding out what's the, next, what's the new disease. Yeah? Even from the time I was young, I always used to read, what's, what's going on? And until I read this book that says people who read about diseases all the time will end up attracting them. So I toned down, <laughs> you, know? you know. But you're always looking at what is, the, what is happening in the world, and it's just chaos. There's a lot of stuff that is happening that can put so much fear in our lives. Yeah? And sometimes, even as children of God, we start responding to the stuff the way the world is responding. And that's why it's so important for us to know who we are and what this kingdom is that we've become a part of. Because if we don't know, we will, we will have Jesus and say we have received the Lord, but we're acting and responding to things just as the world does. So we need to be able to look at all this chaos, you know, natural disasters and earth, like earthquakes and all this stuff and be able to filter them through from being a child of the kingdom of God and saying, what does this mean for me? What does it mean? Because you see, the word of God says that though we are in this world, we are not of this world. So we can't just accept the things of this world as though they are part of us. Yeah? There was one of the messages that was speaking about knowing what we are as royal sons in the kingdom. Yeah? Royal sons. We need to understand that we are different from the world. So the way this stuff affects us should be different. 
It really should be different. It shouldn't be a thing of, oh my goodness, did you hear there's an earthquake and we're running and we're stressing and then there's this cholera outbreak and this and, you know? No, it should be different for us because we know we are part of an unshakable kingdom. Yeah? We are children of the Most High God. Christ has overcome all the stuff that is happening in this world. And we are victorious in Him. So it is, we, we need to be in that place where we are operating from a place of peace. Peace is very important. It's an important thing in the kingdom. In fact, the Word of God says that um, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Yeah? It's part of this kingdom. If you're part of this kingdom, there must be righteousness, there must be joy, there must be peace in our lives. Yeah? Because it's what God gives us in this kingdom. We cannot say we are children of God, but we are always sour, walking around. It's like, oh, you know, where's your joy? Because Christ gives us joy in this kingdom. Yeah? So there are characteristics of a kingdom that we need to be, to be displaying wherever we go. And Jesus, um, before he actually left his disciples, before uh, they seized him and took him to the cross and all this stuff, he knew that what was about to happen to him will bring a lot of fear to the disciples. Yeah? Because the whole time they've been enjoying his presence, enjoying the miracles, enjoying just seeing him do all these amazing things. Now he was about to go to the cross. Yeah? And in fact, even Peter was trying to stop him to go to the cross. Remember? But now that he's about to go to the cross, he had to leave a very important message with his disciples before and after promising about the Holy Spirit that is coming and how he's going to teach us and how he's going to lead us into all things and, and, and um, the truth of what he has taught us. He, in John 14, verse 27, he says to his disciples, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let you, your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So he says, my peace I give you. And I don't give it to you as the world gives. It's, it's a different kind of peace. Yeah. And then he says, don't be troubled. In this world, we shouldn't be troubled. And it's interesting that he first said peace. No? He first says, peace I leave with you. And then he says, my peace I give you. My peace, his own peace he's giving us. In fact, he's giving us himself. Because yeah? the Bible says in, in Isaiah 9 verse 6, it says that Jesus Christ is our prince of peace. It was prophesied that when he comes, he will be the prince of peace that brings peace into this world. Yeah? It goes further in that same line. It says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Isn't it amazing? I mean, I've read this verse so many times, even leading a prayer meeting from it, and often my focus has been on the, on the increase of his government. You know, let's pray into the kingdom of God and Jesus reigning and ruling and, and that the kingdom will take over. But for the first time, it actually struck that it says the increase of his government and peace.
peace, there will be no end. Which means this peace that Christ has given us is increasing peace. It should never diminish. It should never be, just as the kingdom of God is increasing, as we're taking ground, as we're living out that violent, that violent taking what God has given us, yeah? As the kingdom is increasing, so is this peace increasing. Yeah? It's part of the kingdom. It's increasing. And so, um, Ephesians 2 verse 14, it says, He himself is our peace. We must understand that Jesus is our peace. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We receive the son. He's living inside of us. So if he is inside of us, there's no way we can live a life without peace. He has imparted, yeah, given that, put place that inside of us. It is an impartation that we've received because Jesus is that peace. And in Luke 2 verse 14, it says, when the, when the angels actually came, um, when they were announcing the birth of Christ um, to the shepherds, they were saying, peace be with you. Yeah? Peace on earth. For a, 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 the, a, the Son of God has been born or a king has come into this world. It says um, in John 20, 20, when he greeted his disciples after conquering the grave, after the grave, yeah, when he showed them, the holes in his hands and in his feet. He was saying, peace be with you. So Jesus kept speaking this peace over and over and over and over. And I always used to think, because sometimes even as we're saying peace, we have a certain perception and understanding of what this peace is. You know, it's like a quietness peace. But it's more than that. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because because it is not there. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as peace and happiness outside of God. Outside of Jesus. There is no such thing. And if you think you may have it outside of God, it's, it's a false comfort. It's temporary. It's not going to last. What God gives us is so much bigger. And, and, and I often say, I, I just don't know how people live without Jesus. I really don't. Yeah? Because we, we find peace in him. And outside of him, there's just a whole lot of chaos. Amen. So what does this peace look like? You know, the Strong's Concordance actually explains peace this way. While a lot of us may be thinking that peace is the absence of conflict, huh? maybe it's, a, it's the absence of war. It's the absence of conflict. My, my wife and I have peace, you know? It, it's, it, you know? You're thinking peace is, for, for some people, peace is when the children are out of the house. And you're like, oh, finally I can have some peace and quiet. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah? So, or when the boss is out of the office, it's like, oh, 
finally, because when it's around, I'm tense the whole time. Yeah? But that is not what, what this piece is talking about. In fact, the Jewish guys, whenever they were greeting themselves, they would always say, Shalom, Shalom, Shalom. It's a greeting that you can use to say hello and also say goodbye. Shalom and also Shalom when you leave. Shalom when you meet, Shalom when you go. So what does it mean? It actually means completeness, wholeness, health, peace, which is the absence of conflict, which we know, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectedness, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord. Yeah? So when you're saying peace to somebody, you're speaking into their soul wholeness, prosperity, um, completeness, comfort. You're speaking a whole lot more than just the peace of the absence of conflict. Yeah? And that's why he had to say, my peace I give you, not as the world gives you. And what, is, what does the peace look like that the world gives us? <laughs> what does the peace that the world gives us look like? World peace. Sign a treaty. Peace. You often see the sign. Peace. Yeah? So it, it, it's really speaking about just the absence of conflict or a peace that is determined by what we're experiencing on the outside. Yeah? So a lot of us, we will notice in our own lives that we often have peace based on what's happening around us. Yeah? So if I have the job that I, I'm trusting the Lord for, then I have peace. If I've got food in the fridge, then I have peace. If I've got money in my ATM, then I've got peace. But the minute these things are not there, the stress levels, things start to shake and you're like, oh my goodness, you're, you're spending the night, you know, praying in tongues and saying, God, come through. The, the peace is disturbed because these things are not, they're not there. But the peace of God is different. It is not a peace that we have that is determined by what is on the outside. It is a peace that we have that is determined by what we carry on the inside. So what is on the inside will determine how we see all these other things on the outside. In fact, our peace needs to be so rooted in Christ that we are those who create an atmosphere of peace. Wherever we go, when we carry peace and we come into that office where people are fretting and because all sorts of things are happening, the minute you, you step in there, there should be a different atmosphere because of what you carry inside. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> a lot of people, they often say, you know, if you want peace in the situations, yeah, those now who are not with the Lord, they say, and maybe even some Christian, if you want peace, just meditate. Close your eyes and rid yourself. Empty your thoughts. Empty yourself of all these negative things. Just empty. Just empty yourself. And then there will be peace. Isn't that sad? Empty yourself. Let me tell you. Uh, 
There have been a couple of clips going around about world peace and let's have a day of meditation for the world to be united and to have peace. That, that kind of thing does not bring peace. In fact, if you're busy meditating to have peace, emptying yourself, be careful because that's what the devil loves. He loves an empty mind, a passive mind. Yeah? When you're passive, then he comes in. But the Bible doesn't tell us to empty ourselves. It says we need to, to fill ourselves with God. Fill ourselves with his word. Fill ourselves with worship unto God. And that's where the peace will come from. It won't come from doing this and holding. And it, it, peace doesn't come like that. Because yeah? these are all mind stuff. We need the Prince of Peace to have peace. Yeah? So peace is, is really... Uh, an amazing thing if you have it because it just it just brings that that atmosphere that God wants us to carry and so as a Christian we need to understand that peace is not the absence of storms hmm? a lot of people come to God trusting that he will take all the troubles away if you're one of those people, just, just read the book of James. Yeah? Because it talks about trouble. It talks about trials. It talks about storms coming. It doesn't say if they happen to come. It says when they come. Yeah? But we need to know that when the storms come, he who is greater than the storms is inside of us. Yeah? So it's not the absence of storms, but it is the presence of God in the midst of the storms, which helps us have a different perspective of the storm. So I can be at peace regardless of what's happening around me because of the, of the God that I carry inside of me. Amen. All right. And then um, I want us to, to, to look at uh, Matthew 28 verse 24. Jesus in the boat with the disciples. It is such a powerful passage, this one. And I think the Lord just wanted it to be here in the Bible so that we may understand that he is God over the storms. Yeah? So, Matthew, Matthew um, 8 verse, let's actually just start from verse um, 23. It says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. He replied, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So here's Jesus with the disciples in a boat. It says on a lake. Yeah? And there, the, the boat is just like kind of cruising, going around. And then a storm breaks out. And you know when, when there's a storm, 
You know, it's rain, it's thunder, it's all sorts of things. The, the boat is going like this. And don't imagine those boats that we see on TV that have like a, a little roof kind of thing here with little windows. No, this is different. It's just an open boat, you know, with a, <laughs> sailing, with a sail. Yeah? So they're just in there and it's, and it's kind of shaking and all sorts of things are happening. But now the disciples are think, thinking, but this, our teacher also, he's just there sleeping. And they're like, they wake him up and they say, don't you care? <laughs> don't you care that we could die? Wake up. And so I can kind of imagine Jesus waking up and going like, what is the commotion, huh? What's going on? He, didn't, he wasn't even feeling the storm. He said, what's going on? Now we're going to... It's like, you have little faith. Yeah? He didn't go like, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. I should have prepared as well. I saw in my, in my revelation that, you know, <laughs> you know, he just said, you've got such little faith. Went there, took care of the storm. He just spoke. He spoke to the, to the, to the, to the winds and the waves and the storm. And he just said, be still. Yeah? Disappear out of here. And he was gone. And that is really how God wants us to see our storms that we're faced with. We may not have these physical storms, but we may have all sorts of things going on in our lives right now. There may be trouble and that you're looking at it and you're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know what to do. And you're, sometimes you even look at God and you're saying, God, don't you care what I'm faced with? Don't you care about my sickness? Don't you care about the state of my child? Don't you care about the state of my finances? Don't you care about the state of my family? Don't you care about the state of my heart? And the Lord wants us to know not to be troubled, but to have his peace because he is in control of this stuff. So we can be in the midst of the storm and be full of peace, knowing that he who has promised is faithful. And he will take care of the storm for us. He will direct us in the storm. You know, when, when we don't have peace, we end up taking things into our own hands. And we can end up making the situation worse than what it was supposed to be. But if we can just say, God, I trust you. I trust you in my exams. I trust you in finding a job. I trust you in the season of my life. I trust you. then the outcome will be different. It will be different. He wants us to be thinking differently about our storms. Because the minute we see storms and all we think is trouble and death, we want to run. We want a quick fix. We want to take care of that storm. In our flesh. And end up having the peace that the world gives. Temporary peace. It's false comfort. But God is just saying, will you trust me? Will you trust me? And even as I was preparing, I really sensed that there's a, there's a number of people that are trusting God for breakthrough in, in areas. That you feel like, I've been, I've been praying to you for a long time now, Lord. And God is saying, you're at the tip of the mountain. Don't give up. You know that that last mile, 
when you're climbing the mountain, just as you're about to get on the top, it is the most painful place. It is the most difficult place. But God is saying, do not give up. The breakthrough is about to come to you. So just hold on. Hold on to Jesus. Focus on him in this place. Don't focus on the storm. When we have the peace of God, it doesn't mean that we are in denial. Yeah? And it doesn't mean that we accept the storm. Yeah? It's not saying, oh, I know that it doesn't exist. I'm just going to move on with my life. And it doesn't mean, okay, since I'm in this situation, I guess the Lord allowed it so that he can teach me a lesson or so that, No. You say, God, you're God of promises. Those who hope in you will not be disappointed. As your children, you've called us to a different life. The promises of yours are promises that lead to life in abundance. So I don't accept the situation, and I'm trusting you to come through for me because I know that you will come through. Yeah? According to Psalm 91, we know the word that says that you will see a thousand falling on your side, 10,000 on your right-hand side. But calamity will not come to you. It will not come to you. It goes on to say it, it will go to the wicked, those who do not believe in God, those who do not trust God, those that want nothing to do with God. But those that are called of God, it will not come to you. And even if it happens to sneak into your tent, yeah, it's somehow you're like, how did you get here? What are you doing here? Even if it happens to sneak into your tent, you have full authority to say, get out. You don't belong here. You don't belong. Yeah? I've got the peace of God in my life based on the promises that he has given me. Yeah? I remember <laughs> some, some months back, there was an SMS that went into the parents' group they went on to the parents' group about a bug that was going around <laughs> with the children. I think you shared it, eh, Priscilla. And I'm sure her heart was just to inform us, right? To say, guys, there's a bug going around. Be careful. And this is what my doctor said. You know, Mediclinic is fully booked. There are children that are sick, and it's a contagious bug. So be careful. And so we all started stressing in the group. We were saying, oh, so we should take our kids. Yeah, kids, take, keep them at home at least for two weeks. We were like, yeah, no, we need to, to get our kids. And while we were talking about keeping our kids at home and, you know, and then somebody just said, I think it was Silas. He used to be part of this church, but he's now in, in Cape Town. He just said, yeah, but we can also just pray Psalm 91 over our children, you know, and trust that God will take care of them. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> that makes so much sense. It's true. You know? So then there was a calmness and a peace in the group. And a few minutes later, the daycare group starts. Because our youngest, I mean our eldest daughter, who's really just two years old, she's, she's at a daycare. And in this group, they were talking about also, be careful. We were having this discussion about the, the, the bug that is going around, and if you notice the symptoms in your kids, you need to isolate them, keep them at home, take them immediately to the doctor. It's also very dangerous, and 
Some, someone said something about eyes rolling back and all sorts of things. We were like, whoo, okay. So that conversation started. And then a parent said, yes, my little baby had those symptoms. Hmm? And then we had to take her to the doctor. It was so scary. We thought she was going to die. And our, and our two little kids have also been sick, the ones that are in the daycare. So we had to keep them at home. And I could just see people starting to ask questions. Okay, your baby had the symptoms, so it must have affected the two kids. That's why they're at home. The ones that come to the daycare. Then somebody asked, in which group are they? <laughs> which, which group? You know, is it the, the four to six-year-olds? Which group is it? And then he answers, I, I think it was four to six, like older kids. And then I was just like, okay. <laughs> it's not mine. It's not my group, but still, it, it can, it, you know, like if you're in a contained environment, diseases can just spread, like, anyway. And, but the, the parents were going on, and when did this happen? So they're trying to, to find out how long has it been, so it's still contagious, so our children might have it, and da-da-da, and so they're having this discussion and asking. And then, I don't know what happened, but the mother of those kids, because this was the father talking, and sometimes fathers, uh, not to be mean, they're not always well informed <laughs> of, of what's going on, especially since a lot of the time the mommy takes the kids to the hospital and comes back. And then the mother came back on the group and said, guys, stay calm. It was not the bug that we're talking about. The baby simply overheated. So she was covered. It was winter, so they, they swaddled the baby too much. It was an overheating, and so the baby reacted to that, and... Because sometimes when they get too hot, all sorts of things can happen, and, and their eyes were also rolling back and that, but the doctor said it's not a bug, okay? So the baby is doing well, and these kids at home just have flu. Oh. <laughs> you know? But at that time, I had already made the decision, oh, this one is staying at home. My child is staying at home for two weeks, none of this, you know? So we need to check how we respond to this stuff. Hello? We, we, we have to be people who have that peace of God inside of us. Because if somebody had to walk in here, God forbid, with a gun and say, Everybody! <laughs> what will our response be? <laughs> I know Pastor Chris will be the first one going towards that person saying, Listen here. Yeah. <laughs> Put the gun down. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah? But it's just, how do we respond to the chaos that is surrounding this world, do we really respond the way Christ would want us to respond? Do we respond as people who know that we have authority over the storm? Because who he who has overcome the storm is living inside of us. Do we actually believe that? It's so important. So there are three keys to, to finding peace, really. And I'm going to go through this very quickly because I want to spend some time ministering. Is that we need to trust God completely. If you trust God half-heartedly, you will think you only have half a victory over the storm. Trust Him completely. Pray and hand over to God. And when you've handed over to God, don't take the thing back. Yeah? There's a God I hand, oh, and then you come back again and you're praying, oh, God, I get... Give it over to God and trust Him. Yeah? Speak peace to the storm and to your soul. Ask yourself, why am I troubled within me? Have peace in God. Yeah, speak to you, to yourself. Speak to the storm. 
Because it listens to the words that we speak. And the words we have are powerful. They have creative power. And then abound in thanksgiving. You know, it helps when there's so much negativity to just focus on the good things and say, I can see all this negativity going around, but yet, God, I thank you for A, and I thank you for B, and I thank you for C, and I thank you because you are a good God and you give good gifts, and even though there are these things here, I can trust you to take care of that because you have given me this. Because when we don't see the goodness of God and what he's given us, it's easy to just become critical and negative. I've actually gotten into this practice where just taking five minutes in a day just to write down, what are you grateful for today? What are you grateful for today? What are you grateful for today? I mean, I don't always do it as I would love to, but most of the time when I remember, I sit down and I write, and I write down five things that I'm grateful for. Just to shift my focus. Saints, in the midst of the storm, we cannot be focused on the storm. We have to focus on Jesus, who is our Prince of Peace, who gives us peace in the storm. We're not going to get peace by focusing on the storm. And even when we pray, see, there are two types of people that you can share to pray with you. There's one that will say, oh, this is a problem. Pray for, oh, my goodness, that's a big problem. Let's pray. You're praying from a place of stress. Yeah? But there's another person that says, oh, is this a situation? Let's pray, my friend. God is faithful. He's going to come through. Praying from the place of knowing that you already have victory. You're not praying for victory. You're praying from victory. Amen. So this morning, I really sense that God wants to just set people free yeah? to lift our eyes a bit from the storms. And if you're here this morning, let's just stand. If you're here this morning and you're troubled in your soul, you're really troubled. Yeah? You've been trying hard not to look at the storm, but it, it, it's troubling you. And sometimes you want to ignore it, but, but then it comes. God wants to lift your eyes off that storm. And he wants to give you victory in that storm. So whether it is finances, whether it is a sick child, whether it is, it is just something that you know is troubling you and you are restless at night. You can't sleep because this thing is right there in your face and you're thinking, what if? What if I die? What if they come collect my stuff? What if she doesn't make it? If that's you this morning, I would really just love you to, to raise your hand so that we can pray together as a family this morning the peace of God into that situation and for that storm to lift. So if that's you, let's just lift our hands this morning. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, that you are the great I am. We thank you, Lord, that no storm is bigger than you are. And this morning, we commit these storms into your hands. And we say, God, break through in the name of Jesus. We thank you for healing, oh, Father God. We thank you for financial breakthrough, oh, Father God. We thank you, Father, for your hand upon our families, oh, Father God, because we know that he was promised this faithful. And he will make this happen. And therefore, we can trust you this morning. We can trust you this morning. 
We can trust you this morning, Lord. Is there anyone here who's been having like pain in the kidneys and you've really just been trusting God for healing, but, it, but it's taking quite some time? Is there anyone like that? You're trusting God for healing in the kidneys. Anybody? If that's you, just lift your hand. Because I just see kidney problems. Is that you? So Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, this is for you. Lord, we thank you for healing into those kidneys right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that no longer will this sickness trouble my brother in the name of Jesus, but we thank you for freedom, oh Father God, to live a normal life, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I also speak into those that are having restless nights, fighting, fighting in their sleep, fighting against demonic oppression. Lord, you have called us, your word says that you give your beloved sleep. We thank you that from this day, they will have sweet sleep, Father God. In the name of Jesus, there is breakthrough in you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for peace for every single person here this morning. Internal peace. Eternal peace. In the name of Jesus. I just see the Lord drawing his sword and coming to fight on our behalf. Riding on a white horse, coming with that sword and just cutting off chains that are holding people bound where the enemy has been whispering and saying, it's not going to happen. You're not going to see deliverance in this area. But God is saying, I am the deliverer. And I've come to give you complete freedom. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.